Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, your Toronto Maple Leafs. Today's episode is going to be a solo episode as my co-host Mitch Weatherall is not on today to discuss this Matt Murray acquisition by the Maple Leafs. As you guys know that listen to the podcast more frequently, goaltending is my department, so I'm very excited for this episode. Um, you know, I wasn't initially thrilled with the trade when I first found out about it. Uh, with the return of the Leafs got for taking on Matt Murray's contract. They did get 25% of it retained by the Senators, so it comes at $4.6 million. But I really broke it down on video, and I studied the analytics side of things. And I have to say I'm a lot more comfortable waking up this morning than I was going to sleep last night about this trade. And, you know, really diving into the analytics side of things, I think, really helped me um, understand this trade in a lot of ways. And I'm going to try and do that for you guys today. Uh, to give you kind of the same feeling. So, you know, at first I was nervous. I was not thrilled. But if you look at it in different perspectives, I think I could encourage you as well to kind of see where I'm coming from and saying that I have faith that Matt Murray can find success here in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. So now let's start with the full trade breakdown. The Maple Leafs acquired goaltender Matt Murray, a third-round pick in 2023, and a seventh-round pick in 2024. Uh, for future considerations along with 25% retention on Murray's contract. So 4.6 million for Matt Murray over two years isn't too bad, but you know, Jack Campbell's apparently asking for 5 million according to, you know, multiple media, media outlets. Sorry. So, you know, 5 mil for Jack Campbell or 4.6 for Murray. I think the term would have been the deciding factor there. Obviously there's rumors that Campbell wants five times five. So maybe that's why they, you know, went with Murray I think Murray is a good decision. I think there's a lot of upside here. This is definitely a trade that has a very high ceiling, but it's also got a really shallow floor. So it's a big gamble. It's a big risk here by Kyle Dubas and his management staff. But I'm intrigued to see what this season brings. And trust me, I think after this episode, you guys are going to feel a lot more comfortable like I do with this move now. Uh, But Matt Murray, uh, he catches left. He's 6'4". He's a bigger goaltender. He spent six years in the NHL. He's 20 years old right now. He's a former Greyhound with Sheldon Keefe, Kyle Dubas, and Michael Bunting. One thing that's notable about this trade is John Elkin, who works on Leaf development staff with the club's goalies. He had Matt Murray as a student at his goalie school starting when Murray was 10 years old. Murray, I remember listening to a podcast where he sat down for an interview and they asked him about John and he was really... Uh, appreciative of what John did for him in his development. He uh, said a story about how he went to one of his summer camps and they did a shootout elimination at the end of the practice and Murray won. And uh, after that, John kind of realized, you know, he's got something in him and they did private lessons and stuff like that. And Murray said that he owes a lot of his credit to uh, John and all that stuff. So it seems like they have a really close relationship. He always talked about picking his brain and learning from him. And he was always very appreciative of what he's done and, I think John Elkin is probably the reason you see Matt Murray uh, in a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform uh, right now because that relationship, especially for a goaltender, is very important. And to have a staff like that after what Murray's been through, 
uh, the last couple seasons, especially with the Ottawa Senators, I think is very encouraging. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. Um, one thing about Murray, I'm going to go more into Elk in a bit, but one thing about Murray is this season he missed the last 28 games with an upper body injury. Injuries are something that he's had to battle with, um, you know, throughout his whole NHL career so far. He doesn't have the best reputation health-wise, and that's the biggest concern for me is his health. I think that's the concern for a lot of uh, Leafs Nation and a lot of hockey fans in general. Is we don't doubt the talent Murray has. It's the ability to stay healthy. Um, but if you look at his credentials, he's a two-time Stanley Cup winner, and he made the all-rookie team in the NHL in 2016-17. He won the Dudley Garrett Memorial Trophy in 2014-15 in the AHL. In the AHL, he was a first-team All-Star in 2014-2015. And uh, one thing also about him is he has the big game credentials, like I said. He led the Penguins to back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. He has great size, but he could add some strength. You know, I don't know if he's really able to carry the, a full NHL starters load uh, right now. He hasn't been able to do it in the past much. Yes, he was a starting goaltender for the Penguins, and he was supposed to for the Senators, but with the injuries he's piled up, there's always been a fair shot to his backup or his 1B, should I say, to get opportunity and some time. You know, Mamer is also the goaltender for the North American team at the World Cup of Hockey, so... Matt Murray is definitely a goaltender that had high expectations. Obviously, his ending to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins organization didn't go as planned. Um, but once he got to Ottawa, it totally went downhill. One thing about Murray is uh, he's an up-and-down goaltender with a winning pedigree. That's the consensus scouting analysis I've been receiving on him. Uh, you know, Speaking of some people in the sports world that uh, study goaltenders, that's the best description they can give him. Uh, to me so you know I'm very intrigued with this um, Matt Murray's also I found this interesting he's also really close with Mike Smith uh, in a podcast I was listening uh, to he credited Mike Smith for helping him as well with John Elkin and he's always talked about how he'd always pick his brain and his experience and stuff like that so I wonder if you know Mike Smith how his NHL career finishes here if he's going to return to Edmonton or not it's looking like he won't so would the Leafs look at kind of bringing Mike Smith into a management role here to kind of help with Murray. We know that he had, he's been in Toronto quite a few times uh, in the offseason, Mike Smith to work on development, stuff like that as well. So, you know, that's something I've wondered about, or maybe if we kind of see Murray kind of refurbish his game to look like the old vintage Mike Smith uh, when he was in his prime uh, compared to the memory we've seen last couple seasons, he's very, he's changed very much. Uh, from year to year I remember Matt Murray is a goaltender with the Penguins that really struggled with his glove and his glove side and um, that was something a lot of teams were taking advantage of especially if you go back to the Washington Capitals versus Penguins series in 2028 Uh, the Penguins lost in that in game six to the Capitals but Washington just repeatedly targeted the glove and you know the glove side is a routine problem for all goaltenders it's probably the hardest uh, area to protect the net but Matt Murray's glove side was definitely a weak point. And one thing about Murray is he's kind of changed his stance uh, since he went to the Senators. He looks like he's more sound positionally and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that's encouraging. The advanced analytics on Matt Murray, his percentile is going up per JFresh. So that's very encouraging as well. He's slowly getting better. Um, but Matt Murray definitely has the risk factors to him. Matt Murray lost his father 
um, in his time with the auto centers as well. I want to bring this up because this is a this is something that a lot of people a lot of people overlook. Sorry, and Matt Murray's relationship with his father was closer than people realized. When his father passed away, it it was hard on him. It was very hard on him. It was easy to tell. And, you know, I think it's a pretty easy answer to say that he didn't have that help from the Ottawa Senators that he would have gotten from the Maple Leafs organization. We know how good the Maple Leafs are with families and stuff like that. And the MLSC organization as a whole, you know, even their other sports teams like Toronto FC, we've just seen the situation with Salcedo and how they treated that. MLSC is a class first uh, organization. So, you know, I think Matt Murray, with that help, he would have gone here, would have you know, that fit here, I think, is just so much better for Murray, the person as well. Murray also has two kids now. Um, he's a lot more mature uh, than what he was uh, back in his time with uh, the Penguins. And, you know, you can tell that in this play. He's more uh, calmer when he's in the goal. And definitely something that I think can provide a nice presence to the Maple Leafs organization. You know, he's a very low event goaltender. He's not going to make the crazy saves or... He has potential to do that. He's very athletic, but he's very sound and calm. And I think that's going to help the Leafs a lot because we have a decor here that, you know, we have some good names. You look on paper, the decor stacked, especially on the left side. But sometimes the just the structure and the play of it can be uh, a mess. And we've seen breakdowns uh, many and many times last season. So, you know, just a calm presence like Matt Murray, especially when it comes to the postseason high leverage games. I really think this could be a a big piece to the organization. I really like that aspect of it. It's a fresh start for Murray here in Toronto. You know, like I said, the way Ottawa went with him, it wasn't pretty. Uh, apparently their relationship hit rock bottom. I remember seeing that this morning. So that's also another thing to mention. Um, but so now I'm going to transition over. This is something I, I saw on Twitter it was a thread. So credit to Dylan Caron on Twitter for uh, his thread here on Matt Murray and, so he said last year for the Sens in October, Murray had a 936 save percentage, followed by an 873 save percentage in November. In November, Forsberg also had an 879 save percentage. The defensive course for the Ottawa Senators at that time was Mete, Josh Brown, Nikita Zaitsev playing every game. He suffered an injury and didn't play all of December and half of January. Then Murray had a 924 save percentage in January and a 943 save percentage in February. Concussions and stuff like that were the reason he didn't play much after that in, that, on, um, in the season. So, you know, Murray, like I said, he's battled injuries. Injuries are what's going to make or break this trade. Um, but, you know, keep going on with Karan's uh, thread here. He said, Forsberg started playing well in December when the defense was changed, and it proved to be this when Murray came back for the first two months of 2022. With Mete, Brown, and Zaitsev have all gone, potentially adding a top four defenseman, and Murray could be a very good goaltender here in Leafland. So, you know, I think this is an amazing thread by Dylan Caron, so I had to give him credit. I like that last part, though. You know, potentially adding a legit top four defenseman to this Leafs core, Murray would be a very good goalie. So, remember that trade that I was talking about on Twitter? Um, a couple days ago about moving Muzzin potentially for a guy to play the right side. The LA Kings are rumored to be shopping a right-hand defenseman. They have Sean Walker, Matt Waugh. So I was wondering if a guy like Walker, who can come here for sure, play in the top four, play the right side, potentially be that first-pairing guy with Morgan Riley. I think they would mix well together. Um, you know, they moved that cap space of Muzzin's contract. 
they have a lot more flexibility to keep Sandine. They add some plugins, um, some depth. They give the younger guys, you know, a chance on the shot uh, to a chance for the bottom six on the NHL roster. I think this team would be a much better team this season than last season. Uh, despite losing some key pieces, like I think Ilya Mikheyev is gone uh, as soon as tomorrow. So I think that's something that's really worth mentioning. I think if they could potentially swing Walker in a Muzzin trade, remember LA is the only place Muzzin said that he was willing to waive his cl- uh, no trade clause for. So that's something to keep an eye on. I really think LA would be the destination for Jake Muzzin if it came to that. Um, now let's look at the advanced analytics now. Okay, so I made a post on this on the Instagram memory by the numbers so in 20 games played this year he had a 3.05 goals against average and a 906 save percentage his record was 5 12 and 2 in the playoffs matt murray's played 51 games he has a 2.18 goals against average and a 921 save percentage those are really good playoff numbers this is a goaltender that you can count on in the playoffs i remember his last playoff series against the montreal canadians when he was with the pittsburgh penguins that he was not the reason the penguins lost to montreal he was very good. The Penguins' offense just wasn't in that series, and uh, they got goalied by Carey Price. But Matt Murray put up a heck of a fight against a future Hall of Famer. Um, so, you know, Matt Murray's definitely a high-leverage game goaltender. He definitely knows when the pressure's on how to uh, respond, and that's something I think the Leafs really needed here. They needed a clutch guy, and I think Matt Murray's a pretty clutch goaltender at that position that I think you're kind of getting at a value here. Stuff like that is what you pay for at a premium. We see the highest paid goaltenders like Vasilevsky, um, Hellebucks, and you know those are what you pay for, the high leverage situation goaltenders that can really come to play. And I think Matt Murray is in that tier as well. Just the last couple of regular seasons with the Ottawa Senators just haven't gone his way, and I really think that's destroyed his value, especially with the money that he's making. Now his advanced numbers here. His projected war is 20%. So war for people that don't know is wins above replacement. Uh, this is all courtesy of Jay Fresh. So 10% even strength war. So not very good. That's in red. 86% PK war. So that's pretty good. That's in blue. Uh, 13% high danger, 7% medium danger, and 70% low danger. So those are opportunities that Matt Murray has been scored on. High danger, 13% of the time in red. Not good. That is something I'm going to be talking about in a second. Hold on. Medium danger, even worse, 7%. And then low danger at 70% is in blue. So that's good. The 7% is in red, like red, red. So I'm going to talk about that along with the high danger in a second. But the low danger, not too bad, 70%. So from the outside, basically, I like to see that number improve a little bit. But, you know, pretty good overall um, low danger number. His rebound control, 71%, which is a huge step up from what we've seen uh, when he was younger uh, with the Penguins. So I have to give him credit there. His consistency, though, uh, not the best. 20%, and that is in red. He is a two-time Stanley Cup champion, as I want to mention again. So he definitely knows what it's like to play in the high-leverage situations. But So the reason I'm talking about the advanced analytics here is because I took the time to dive into a little bit more of uh, you know the analytics side of things here, and courtesy of Icy Data Hockey. And I looked at Matt Murray's goals map and the goals that he conceded this season with the Ottawa Senators and where they were coming from. They were all in the mid to high danger area. Like that little area on the ice, the, you know, like the protect the house, the house shape is where Matt Murray conceded the most goals at. If you look at the map, there was almost 
nothing that was scored on Matt Murray from anywhere else in the zone. There was maybe three shots from up high over the circle, uh, two over the left side circle and one over the middle. But other than that, there was really nothing else besides the high danger and medium danger chances. The Leafs could find success here in Matt Murray if they are able to protect the house, protect the high danger situations and the medium danger areas and just insulate the middle, keep all the shots to the perimeter and from the outside and you could have a potential Vesna goaltender here in Matt Murray. And I know that's insane. I know that is crazy to say Matt Murray has a potential to come over to Toronto now and be a Vesna contender. But if you look at the analytics side of things, there is no way that, you know, Matt Murray has no shot at this. They just have to protect the high danger areas. It's easier said than done for sure. A guy like Jake Muzzin is very good at this. He's very physical in front of the net. He's, you know, probably the best defenseman in terms of grit and sandpaper on the roster right now. So, you know, clearing out space for Murray to see and stuff like that is also going to be very important. So I know I talked about moving him, but if you just insulate the middle, you keep all the danger to the outside, to the perimeter, to the perimeter, kind of like what the Calgary Flames did with Markstrom, right? Markstrom, very good goaltender. I see a lot of similarities between him and Murray. I'm wondering if the Leafs can kind of adapt that style that Calgary has. Obviously, you're not going to get it exactly perfect. Calgary has an amazing roster that's very committed to Daryl Sutter's structure. But if you can kind of just keep all the shots to the, to the perimeter and to the low danger areas, I think Matt Murray can be very successful here in Toronto. He's a young goaltender that knows when the pressure's on that he needs to elevate his game. He wants to be here in Toronto. I'm going to talk about his media availability in a minute. But, you know, I think if you can really keep all high danger situations and eliminate them as much as possible, there is no reason why you shouldn't be comfortable with Matt Murray. Matt Murray is flexible. He's athletic. He does need to work on his health. But other than that, he could be a real top goaltender in this league. And if you're nervous about Matt Murray, I you if you want to reach out to me uh, personally, no problem. Uh, my Instagram is always featured on the Battleborn account. If you read the captions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. I have no problem sending you the heat map and talking to you personally about, you know, kind of explaining you the advanced numbers and stuff like that to why you should be more comfortable. I'm trying to help you guys understand why I'm a little bit more confident in Murray now, and hopefully I can help you guys as best as possible. So that's what I'm trying to do. But if you can just eliminate all the, da- the high danger situations, you know, you can say this for about any goaltender, but just looking at the heat map, it is all in that house-shaped figure in front of the net. So that is something I find very interesting. If he can work on the glove side a little bit more, and with his mobility, his size, and his athleticism, and you know, playing in the market that was his favorite team as he grew older, I think he has a real potential here to be a very good goaltender and a very nice replacement for Jack Campbell. Obviously, this move, I don't think Jack Campbell's coming back, but Matt Murray, he's an interpersonal guy. He's quiet. He doesn't have social media anymore. He talked about, um, you know, he's not really a guy from the media. He gets it during the regular season. And once summer comes, he goes off the grid up to his cottage. He loves the up north. Um, so Matt Murray could find success here. I'm very comfortable in saying that. So, you know, I, I'm extremely confident. I'm going to try and help you guys be as much confident as I am. So 
you know, just as long as he's able to remain healthy and the Leafs are able to insulate the middle and, you know, lapses are going to happen. There's going to be mistakes and stuff like that. No problem. I'm not saying Matt Murray is going to be perfect every single night, but if you give him a chance to play up to his caliber and his, his ability, I think you're going to have a very nice goaltender here for two seasons at a very reasonable cost. And I truly believe that in two years from now, we might be looking at this situation and really saying, well, actually, you know, we're going to be in the Jack Campbell situation again this year, where now he's going to be out of a contract in two seasons from now at age 30. And he's going to probably ask for a five times five, because I believe Matt Murray still has a lot in the tank. I think that the last two seasons, he's not really had the fit with the Ottawa Senators. That relationship is clearly a factor. Um, so I think, you know, that is very encouraging. Um, his, his media availability today just makes me like him even more. I've always been a huge Murray guy. I remember watching him in the playoffs. He was so calm and cool and collected. And that was something I really, really found very intriguing because, you know, the Penguins had, um, Marc-Andre Fleury there for such a long time. And Fleury is a very high event goaltender, um, very razzle dazzle, loves to make the sparkling plays. Matt Murray was the opposite, right? Very calm, very collective, kind of that Freddie Anderson type. But I really see a lot of Markstrom in his play as well. I can also see Mike Smith, like the vintage Mike Smith in that comparison. But, you know, Matt Murray with John Elkin here and the new goaltending staff, Curtis Sanford, I think is going to have a lot of fun refurbishing his game. Murray, I think, has a lot of tangibles that goaltending coaches are probably salivating over. He's big. He's got the size. He's mobile. Um, you know, I think this is a good calming factor for the Leafs decor. That's for the Leafs team. That's a very high event team. And, you know, he's very good on the penalty kill, which is something that's going to help the Leafs a lot. Um, he's not bad at playing the puck as well. He, you know, he knows how to read the game. So there's that advantage as well. But, you know, I really like this move here on Matt Murray. And, you know, let's get to his media availability now because we're starting to get to the end of this episode. And, I really like what he said, and I think you guys are going to like to hear this if you haven't heard it already. So before asking questions, according to David Alter on Twitter, Matt Murray opens up by saying how excited he was um, to you know be in Toronto. He says, it's a place I feel I can thrive. Um, he says, it's been an intense few days. It's also exciting, um, but you know it seems like he's really happy to be here. Uh, David Alter also said, Murray says the Leafs were his favorite team growing up. Same with his dad. Putting on that jersey for the first time, I think, is going to be something real special for me. Um, Terry Koshan of the Toronto Sun also said, Murray, still in Ottawa, plans to move to Toronto as soon as possible and already is house hunting. Uh, he said in a quote, my wife and I have been shuffling through Realtor.com. That's the next step is trying to find a place and getting the family moved down there. Murray on getting to another level with familiar staff, according to David Alter. These are guys that I know and guys that know how to push me. I'll just try to do everything I can to maximize my potential. How can you not love this guy? I'm already getting my jersey on order. I can't, like, when it first comes out, I'm pretty sure he's going to wear number 30. So when it first comes out, no problem ordering it. Um, I'm very confident in this play. Like I said, I think that calming factor is just going to be so important. You look at the analytics. There are so many things that are pointing towards this decision that, you know, show that there is a reason to be optimistic and that you can really see what Kyle Dubas is seeing here. You look at his excellent starts at 25%, his bad starts 22%, and 
and his quality starts at 14% are all in red. So very, very dark advanced analytics that are not good. But, you know, I understand where the risk is coming from. It's the injuries. It reminds me of kind of a little bit like the Mrazic situation last year. Mrazic, you know, if you look at Mrazic's numbers, take away the injury stuff, that was a value signing. You know, he easily could have asked for four or north of four, 4.5 Mrazic, potentially even five to a team that was desperately needing a starter. Last year's goaltending market was a little bit more, you know, juiced and primed uh, than it is this season. So, you know, Mrazic this year on free agency probably would have got maybe 5.5 over five years or something like that. So that's just something to take note of. But Matt Murray, you know, that relationship with the Ottawa Senators was destroyed. It was destroyed fast. They weren't good in the Canadian division. The Canadian division that was just pure goal scoring. It wasn't a very good Ottawa team the last two seasons. The decor was a mess. How many times have we watched the Senators play where, you know, they were giving up very high leverage chances and, um, you know, they were a very open ice hockey team that was trying to, you know, burn you on the transition. So the Ottawa Senators didn't have a lot of structure. They were they were a quick team. Um, they're slowly getting better. You know, the addition of Alex Dabrink is certainly going to help them. But I think Matt Murray coming into the Maple Leafs, um, I think it's going to be a huge boost for all. I think it's a huge win for all. I think Kyle Dubas now gets a goaltender that, you know, he didn't have to go out and, you know, break the bank for. And now he has some money flexibility getting a starting goaltender at a reasonable cost to bring back Rasmus Sandin and potentially, you know, a cheaper backup and maybe some depth forwards. Um, there's been a lot of talk about some names I'm going to get to in a minute here as we wrap up this episode as I just want to preview free agency. Um, but Matt Murray, there's a lot to like. If they could just protect the high danger chances protect the medium danger chances easier said than done that's probably the recipe to success for a lot of goaltenders in this league but given matt murray's advanced numbers how good he is from seeing pucks from the point and from the outside and his positioning i think you can have a real solid goaltender here and i really think you can kind of get that markstrom season that he had this year where you know markstrom's numbers were probably inflated with how good of a structure the calgary flames played this season but markstrom has you know, size and his mobility and his positioning, I think is very similar, similar to uh, Matt Murray. And I really think that you can kind of see that potential if the Leafs decor can play up to what we expect it to be, you know, Mark Giordano is going to be your full time next season. I expect Jake Muzzin to still be back despite me being very intrigued with a trade of him potentially going to LA Rasmus Sandin analytically looks like he's going to be a real top four defenseman. Yeah. Morgan Riley, Ilya Labushkin doesn't look like he's coming back, but that right side is still up in the air. Lilligren got his extension, so he's going to be back. It's going to be a very interesting team to watch next year. TJ Brody, how does he do at his age next season, his cap hit? So I'm very excited for this Leafs team, and I cannot wait for next season, especially with Matt Murray between the pipes for the blue and white. I think this is a very nice addition, very high ceiling, but very low floor. Could go completely the other way, and I think this is Kyle Dubas really putting his chips in and saying, you know, I don't have a lot of time left. The room for error is very slim this season. So I think he's going all in. And, uh, you know, I could see where people are a little bit frustrated, um, you know, taking these re- rehab assignments kind of things, like trying to rebuild uh, these goaltenders at the goaltending position on a cheap value. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter call it dumpster diving. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what happens when you're in a cap-stranded league. But, you know, I think Kyle Dubas has done a good job so far. Um, but this trade is definitely Kyle Dubas basically putting all his chips in and I'm very intrigued with how it's going to go. 
But with the new goaltending room and uh, John Elkin here, I really think Matt Murray is going to finally feel at home. And I think this has a lot of signs pointing towards, uh, you know, a comfortable situation here in Toronto. So with that, let's go to free agency, which is happening tomorrow. Uh, let's start with Ilya Mikheyev. I don't think Mikheyev is coming back. I think there's going to be a team out there somewhere that is willing to pay him some high money. Um, he was looking high fours, maybe low fives on a five-year deal. So, you know, I think Mikheyev is as good as gone. Um, but, you know, I'm really hoping they can find a deal with Sandine because Sandine's advanced numbers um, are off the charts. And I really think that, you know, it's only a matter of time before he becomes one of the better defensemen on this Maple Leafs team. And if he's not already, arguably the best, um, you know, Morgan Riley carries uh, the offensive workload still. But I think if Rasmus Sandin can kind of level out that defensive game of his with his skating and his offensive production, I think he can be a very nice piece uh, long-term as well. But you look, Evgeny Malkin, I don't really think the Leafs have a shot at him. I think he's going to go to the Rangers if he leaves the Penguins. There's a lot of talk about the Washington Capitals, but I, I'm pretty comfortable saying the Capitals are probably going to land Darcy Kemper and give him quite the contract. So I don't know if they're going to have the money to bring Malkin, but Malkin I can see going to the Rangers, potentially Dallas, even Florida. Uh, if he's willing to really take a pay cut to kind of get a revenge tour on the Penguins. P.K. Subban, um, you know, this is an interesting one. I would like to see the Leafs bring him in, right-hand shot defenseman, but... He's definitely going to get paid still. I know there's a lot of people talking about how he's really fallen off, but you know he's still a sturdy defenseman, very tough to play against. He's good at shutting down some of the league's bets still. Maybe the offensive production's not there as it would have been in the past, but P.K. Subban's still a top player in my opinion. Um, if you're looking for like value shopping, uh, structured top uh, defenseman. So you know the scoring's not there, but I still think that Subban definitely could bring a very nice... Um, type of play to a contender. So Claude Giroux, um, you know, this is an interesting one. There's a lot of talk about the Ottawa Senators, the Leafs. He's building a house uh, in his hometown. So, you know, it's kind of in the middle between Toronto and Ottawa. So those are obviously the two favorites we're going to talk about. I don't think the Leafs have the space to fit him in. I think he's going to want a pretty good paycheck. So I think Claude Giroux might re-sign with the Florida Panthers if they could move out some money. I also think that the Carolina Hurricanes are a very underrated option there um, for Claude Giroux's services. Phil Kessel now, this is an interesting one. So Phil Kessel, coming back to Toronto would actually be kind of fun to see. You know, veteran forward, got his two Stanley Cups. He's been around the West with the Western Conference. He's played on some of the better teams in the East. Um, you know, I don't think this is going to happen. I don't know if he fits the mold of the Leafs anymore or the Kyle Dubas system, but Phil Kessel... <laughs> is a very interesting player and i can't wait to see where he ends up i have absolutely no predictions for phil and where he lands because uh these can go anywhere so phil kessel i'm just hoping he has a good season because he's still one of my favorite players in the nhl and you know he has such a good shot and he has such a good an offensive awareness uh weapon in his passing so you know definitely somebody that i think can add a real advantage to a team that's maybe in that mediocre area and they add phil kessel to their forward uh core and they could potentially be over that hump Patrice Bergeron, uh, you know, he resigned with the Boston Bruins. That was a common name people were talking about in free agency, but no, he is back with the Bruins. So I think that was an honorable mention uh, that the Bruins kept Bergeron because there's a lot of talk if uh, the Bruins were going to blow up their roster this year with how many injuries they're going to have to start next season. 
But yeah, just scrolling down, you know, Andre Palat, what is Tampa Bay going to do with him? I don't think the Leafs have a good chance at bringing in Palat, but if so, that would be incredible. Palat is a big game player. He is a playoff type guy. Some team, if it's not the Tampa Bay Lightning, is definitely going to pay him. I could see him getting a nice contract, especially for his services and what he does in high leverage games. He's very clutch, a very clutch player. Got good size to him, good offensive instincts, and, you know, he could play a two-way game. So Palat is definitely a player that I can see uh, going back to Tampa, but if he doesn't, I can also see him getting quite the payday. Um, Riley Smith, there's been talks that he's been back. He's being re-signed by the Golden Knights on a three-year, $5 million deal, AAV. So another forward off the board, Burakovsky. Andre from the Colorado Avalanche is a guy that I wonder, um, you know, how many teams really with Burakovsky look at, you know, his services and what he did this season um you know how they view that on the market right now i think this is a player that the leafs could look into i don't think there's a good chance i think he's going to get paid well but i think you know a player like this is somebody that i would look at if i was the maple leafs organization to try and uh, add some oomph to the offensive core um but you know just looking around the leafs are gonna have to go value shopping here right like it's very common with these modern Leafs teams that free agency comes around and you look at you know cheaper options some guys that i'm going to mention here are five names for tomorrow i might make a graphic for you guys um but colin white who was just bought out by the ottawa senators maybe he's a guy that the leafs uh, might take a flyer on um you know younger player looked real solid 511 he's got good speed uh two-way guy but you know injuries really rattled his end to the auto senators so they did not want to keep him with the cap hit they bought him out he is now available i think that's a very intriguing piece for the bottom six uh, another you know kind of bottom area maybe potentially a guy like a paul stastny you know a veteran he can play left wing and center I could see him being that power play two kind of forward that chips in. Maybe plays in your bottom six, left-hand shot. I think you can get some real production out of him despite his age. I think he's a very intriguing piece. He's a UFA after playing with the Winnipeg Jets last season. Dominic Kubelik is another guy maybe the Leafs have interest in. He's very close with David Camp. Uh, left-hand shot. He, you know, He's very offensive. Not a great two-way player, but, you know, very good in the offensive zone has a nice one-timer can definitely score goals he does carry the puck in at a high offensive rate he's very very offensive but uh you know hasn't had the best seasons with chicago and chicago decided to move on with not qualifying him so um you know i wonder if you know the leafs they have camp still right now if they look at a guy like dominic kubelik for a value price if he's willing to come in on a cheap deal to prove himself and kind of be that replacement for mikhaev uh, but Mikheyev was way better at the two-way game. So obviously not an exact replacement, but something similar in terms of goal production because, you know, Mikheyev's coming off a 21-goal season. Another value option here potentially for the Leafs, Chris Tierney maybe, center for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, very two-way, um, more defensive. He's You can play that puck possession game that I think, uh, you know, would fit well here in the Leafs organization. Not too bad on face-offs. He's 6-1, shoots left. So, um you know, last season he made $3.5 million. Obviously, he's going to take less this year. Uh, Ottawa's letting him walk. So I wonder if Tierney's a guy that, you know, could have interest in Toronto and if Toronto would be interested in a guy like him. He looks like he could be a good piece as a fourth-line center, maybe. Um, 
you know, the other guys, I like you look, I don't think there's a lot of names like Strom, maybe Dylan Strom, um, Toronto guy, best friends with Martin when they were younger. That's a very intriguing player. Uh, very fun to watch. Um, you know, third overall selection. Had some ups and downs in his career. Uh, had a really nice finish with the Chicago Blackhawks last season. He could play center and left wing. Um, he can play two-way. I just think that there's going to be too many teams on the market that are going to be looking for a second-line center. And that, you know, with the advanced analytics Dylan Strom has and his height and stuff like that, I think with his hands and his skating, I think there's going to be a team that's certainly going to pay maybe about $3 million, three and a half for his services. Um, you know, he got three mil this year. I don't think he's going to get much of a pay drop. He's going to get a decrease potentially, but I think just with the teams that are looking for a, a number two center, I think he's going to get, you know, quite the pay. Another interesting player here who just got bought out today is Oscar Lindblom of the Philadelphia Flyers, six one left winger, uh, you know, made 3 million last season. He very, very offensive, but he has, you know, not too bad of a defensive game to him. He likes to shoot. He's a shoot first forward. So, uh, sorry, a shot first forward. So that's a guy that I'd be very interested in. I think he could fit in that, you know, bottom six here in Toronto, potentially the top six as well. If he can really find a groove with a guy like um, John Tavares and Mitch Marner on the line or potentially Nylander, I think, you know, his shot first mentality would actually kind of work really well here in Toronto. Then you look at guys like Miles Wood. Andreas Athanasiu, Frank Vitrano. Vitrano's a guy that I think would be a real nice fit here. He's got some great speed. You could put him on the fourth line all the way up to your top line. He's a Swiss Army knife. His motor and the energy he brings, he can be a threat in any situation at any given moment. And uh, we saw the clutchness in him and what he did with the Rangers this season. I think that would be a massive piece for the Maple Leafs, but I think he's going to get quite the pay as well. But, you know, Athanasiu, another speed-driven forward. He could play center and the wing. He's 6'2", uh, shoots left. He made $2.7 million this year with the LA Kings. Obviously, you know, he's had ups and downs in his NHL career. Was very highly touted in his first couple seasons with the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, but injuries are another thing that's really, you know, been a factor for him. So, I don't know if the Leafs are going to take a gamble here, but definitely with how they went after Kasha last season, I could see something potentially here with Athanasiu. His speed on the left side and down the middle could be a real threat. Miles Wood, kind of the same thing, a speed-driven winger. Could play two-way, 6'2", uh, made 2.7.5 uh, last year as well. So, you know, Miles Wood, I think he's going to get a nice payday. I think, you know, a lot of teams covet what he brings to uh, the ice so I think that you know if the Leafs had the chance to bring him in that would be amazing but I just think Miles Wood is probably going to get to a team that's really going to overpay for his services um, because they know that a guy like that that can play uh, in all situations is definitely very intriguing for the right price but uh, other than that you know Pavel Zaka potentially Cali Yarncroc I think a goaltender to watch out for on the market is a guy like Martin Jones um, you know, obviously Braden Holpe looks like he might not play the season. So that's a bit of a disappointing factor. He would have been cool to see here as a backup to Murray or kind of that one B, but I think Martin Jones, you know, had a nice season in Philadelphia quietly, um, on a, well, like not like a great season, but given what the team was down in Philadelphia this year, his numbers, um, you know, pretty respectable, his advanced numbers as well. So he had some good starts here and there, lots of ups and downs, um, but I think Martin Jones won't cost you much. Maybe he takes a veteran discount and, you know, wants to win a cup or takes another swing at things. So um, that's something to watch out for. 
but also, you know, potentially a guy like Ethan Bear, a right-hand defenseman that's more mobile, or a right-hand defenseman that's a little bit more physical, and Eric Goodbranson, a Justin Braun. I'm really excited to see how tomorrow goes. Obviously, the name that's been heavily fa- uh, linked to the Maple Leafs is forward Zach Austin Reese, uh, formerly of the Anaheim Ducks, played at the Penguins at the start of the year. Very defensive-based winger. Doesn't give you much production on offense, but will really shut down your opponents, kind of like a David Camp in that aspect. If the Leafs want to build a full defensive first-driven line, maybe the Zach Aston Reese on uh, David Camp, and then if you could bring back Andre Kasha um, line, you know that might be very pivotal to your success, especially in the playoffs. So Zach Aston Reese is a guy that I'm being uh, very optimistic on. I think you know his puck um, puck possession rate and you know how good he is at winning pucks uh, in the corners and stuff like that and regaining possession. I think that's very intriguing analytically for this Maple Leafs team. So that's something I'm also very interested in is Zach Aston Reese. Um, from the Anaheim Ducks, formerly of the Penguins. I think, you know, that's kind of where we can leave it for today on today's episode of the Battle Born Leafs podcast. Uh, It's a 40-minute episode now, so I don't want to leave you guys on too much longer. But thank you guys for listening. I'm so excited for tomorrow. Free agency is always the best day of the year, in my opinion. Well, not the best, like the best day of the offseason, in my opinion. Um, So, you know, there's always lots of movements, and movement's fun, and I can't wait to see where some of the top players might end up. Is Evgeny Malkin going to leave the Penguins? Is Claude Giroux going to head out west? Uh, what's going to happen with Johnny Goudreau? Is he going to Philadelphia or staying in Calgary? I think everything's a possibility, and that's what makes tomorrow so much fun. So thank you guys for listening to the Battle Born Leafs podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I worked as much as I could on the Matt Murray situation. And um, just to recap that quickly, insulate the middle protect the high danger and medium danger chances let murray develop his glove side a little more uh curtis sanford and john elkin very comfortable goaltending department now here in toronto matt murray very comfortable sheldon keith and kyle dubas uh he has a family now you know the mlse organization and the toronto maple leafs are very good at family accommodations and stuff like that they're gonna be very good to murray so you know i think this fit is you know, like a glove. And right now this could be a grand slam, just waiting in the dark as much hate as it's getting. I'm definitely optimistic in that. So maybe he gets a Vesna. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, maybe that's way too optimistic, but I'm telling you that there is certainly that potential. If the Leafs are able to, you know, really limit the danger chances um, in the high and medium slots, I really think you're going to see some real numbers from Matt Murray next season. Cause he has a lot to prove. And that's one thing about Murray is, when he has stuff to prove, he always brings, like I said, his high leverage situation, his high leverage motivation, stuff like that. He's always really panned out. I can't think of a high leverage game where Murray has crumbled um, at any point in his career. So I'm comfortable in that, and I can't wait to see what next season brings. And let's get on with free agency tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and uh, we'll speak to you guys again later on this week. Howdy, 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 howdy.